What is good, everybody? It is your boy Monk from the DFS Army Kill Shot Podcast, and we have a solo dolo for you today. Just me. Shouts out to your boy, DFS Sniper. Hope he's feeling better. Uh, in these next couple days, he's a bit under the weather. So I am the captain of this show. We'll breeze right through 13 fights from UFC Vegas 85 happening this Saturday, uh, February 3rd at the UFC Apex, of course the UFC's favoritest venue, the most famous venue in the entire country, the UFC Apex. Um, yeah, so we're just going to go through some stats. I don't really have a ton of bets. I'm not really a bet guy quite yet. I'm getting uh, all this data still imported in uh, line by line, basically. So as soon as that happens, I'll be much more of a bet guy. But uh, we're here for some DFS, and uh, you'll get a lot of stats from me. So without further ado, let's kick this thing off. We'll start from the top and go down. We've got... The main event of the evening, Roman Delize taking on the Russian sniper, Nasruddin Imovov. Sorry, I just drank like, I don't know, a liter and a half of water, basically. Yeah, I'm using the metric system as an American. It feels good, guys. You should try it. Embrace it. Feels good. Um, yeah, this one's an interesting main event. So 8,600 for Imovov, 7,600 for my guy Delize, who is three and one as an underdog, always coming through as a big dog. So we love that. Delize, of course, I have a little bias, one of my favorite fighters. And uh, Imovov, just not very big output. You know what I'm saying? Not very much volume. 2.83 points per minute in his last five. And actually, I should change to this, this chart. 2.7 points per minute for Imovov. In his career, 3.31 overall for Roman Delize. Delize allows far fewer points than Imovov as well. And Imovov, not three points a minute anywhere, whether that's at distance or inside the distance. Averaging just 84 points per UFC win is Imovov. And he's had at least one. Uh, maybe he lost that five-round fight uh, against... Well, I know he lost it, but maybe that was his only one. I'm not sure. Uh, he does have a decent floor, though. And I do think this one goes to decision more often than not. I'm a Delize guy. You do have to watch out, uh, you know, for his his ground game, his submissions that he likes to throw up. I mean, for God's sake, he had Jack Hermanson, the freaking calf slicer. Um, very good floor for him as well. I think this is a decent cash uh, fight to target. I don't mind... For GPPs, I'm on the Delize side. His his path to victory, I think, scores a little bit better than Imovov, and he's $1,000 cheaper. Um, Imovov just not scoring, well, like I said, 84 points per win. And when he does lose, it hasn't happened often, but when he does lose, gives up 107 points per loss, while Delize, in his losses, averaging just 61 points given up per loss. So even if Imovov does win, what is his score going to look like? So... Not too expensive for uh, for Imovov, but still, for GPPs, I like Delize. I don't mind him in cash either. Pick Imovov for cash if you think he's going to win. Uh, and that's kind of how I see this one here. Now, I'm working with a bunch of different pages, so you'll have to bear with me. Going from page to page, you know, it takes me just, just a little bit of time. And also, I'm picking Delize outright because I'm a Delize guy. That's me. Speaking of guys that I'm a guy of, Drew Dober, my guy from Omaha, 7,800, taking on Hinato Money Moicano, 8,400. This is probably my favorite fight on the entire card. I already know where Sniper was going to go. He was going to tell you that Moicano was going to win. Um, I don't mind that. I honestly don't know who's going to win. I'm personally picking Drew Dober to get the job, job done. 
but both guys scored pretty well when they win well over 90 points uh almost 99 for dober per win 94 and a half for money moicano the big difference is when they lose how many points they give up when dober loses 96 almost 97 is what his opponents score when hanato loses he gives up 110 points guys per loss he's also under three points per minute everywhere except for inside the distance in which money moicano is 3.81 points per minute drew dober we know what he does he hits hard as hell um and these guys are about the same age to be honest every a lot of people for some reason think dober is like super old um he's really really not uh pretty much the same age i think six or seven months difference between the two um, but Moicano does make both guys make mistakes. Moicano makes mistakes. He t- he tends to get a bit uh, excited at points and and overreaches when he shouldn't. And that's exactly when Drew Dober can catch you. So I like Drew Dober at seventy eight hundred. I also like some of Moicano at eighty at uh, eighty four hundred. I like this is a, a GPP fight for sure. Again, my favorite fight on the card, lightweight division, should be an absolute banger. And I don't think this one goes all three rounds. So. Uh, if it does, I'd be leaning on Drew Dober, to be completely honest, uh, to get that decision win. But again, I don't think it goes all three. Either guy should be good for GPPs. Probably avoiding this in cash um, just because it's so, you know, it's 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 so volatile to me. I just don't know who's going to win. So uh, my pick is Dober, but again, I'm biased. He's from the same place that I'm from. So, of course, got to root for the hometown guy. Lo- who doesn't love Mo- money at Moicano, though? So uh, either way, either guy, uh, I'll be happy to see get their hand raised. But I like both guys for the GPP fight. As of now, Moicano is a minus 140 favorite over uh, over Dover. So pretty, pretty close there. Next fight, we've got Randy Rude Boy Brown taking on Muslim Salikov. Oh, look, they found a picture of Muslim that's not in black and white. That is just fantastic um randy brown i believe 9100 muslim salikov 7100 and what are we doing here speaking of guys that are you know older than other guys it's muslim salikov damn near 40 years old against randy brown who's just 33 uh salikov has been slowing down big time i mean he he's 2.42 points per minute in his last five fights uh and his whole career actually that's actually better than his career which is just 2.33 at distance he scores less than two points per minute at 1.72 and uh inside the distance it is a bit better at four points a minute randy brown we know what he's going to do he's got that uh those long arms got gets the jab going does have a ground game does have a submission game as well i'm just picking i'm picking the youth here i'm picking randy brown over salikov Hmm. and for DraftKings. I mean, Salikov averages in his last five. Let's see how many wins in his last five. Three wins, averaging 69 nice 0.56 points per win. Not so nice when we're talking about DFS. However, he doesn't really allow a ton of points uh, per minute, just two, but he is capable. Capable is not the right word. Uh, he has shown signs of being finished uh, as he does have two. Let's see. What is that? Uh, two sub losses and one KO loss in his career so i tend to think this one goes to decision randy brown decision probably uh 29 28 30 27 definitely taking over in the later rounds i think he just boxes him up and uh does some groundwork if he needs to i just think he's got him covered everywhere and even in a salikov victory like how well does it score it obviously doesn't need to score well at 7100 salary um but what did i say his points per win 79 in his career 0.14 79 points per win uh barely 10xing 
So it's it's a pretty decent risk there uh, playing much of Salikov, even at that low, low salary. Um, I just like Randy Brown, although he does give up a lot of points when he wins 100 points. I'd be shocked, more shocked uh, than Raquel Pennington scoring 145 than, uh, you know, if Salikov scores over 100. That would be much more shocking. But give me Randy Brown to get the win here. I just think, like I said, better on the feet, much longer. Um, minus 235 favorite right now. So there's no way you can bet on that money line. Um, but for DraftKings, I think it's a decent, decent little play. Next fight, Viviani Araujo against Natalia Silva. The most expensive fighter on the card, Natalia Silva, 9,500, uh, 6,700 for Vivi. Silva's looked fantastic. I mean, what can I say? She is undefeated in the UFC with wins over Andrea Lee, Leonardo, Teresa Bleda, and Jasmine Jasuda Vicious, who just put up a record-breaking score for three-round fights. Uh, Araujo, on the other hand, she's beaten Jennifer Maya, Andrea Lee, losses to Chukagian Grasso, and Amanda Hibas. I think Araujo is tough here, and I don't think that Natalia Silva scores very well. Just 84 points per win on average so far. She put up a bunch against Victoria Leonardo, about 109, but that's it. She put up 58 against Andrea Lee, uh, 85 against Blada, and 85 again against Double J. She's just not scoring points, guys. 3.2 points a minute is very good. Uh, her opponents only score 1.42 points a minute, which is the best on the entire card. However, DraftKings points per win, like I said, 84.32. That is 13th best out of, what, 26 fighters. So uh, still, that's way higher than it should be. This is a very low-scoring card for the most part. Um, and as we look across the board for me, Vivian, 80 points per win, 80.75. So she scores even less than Silva and less per minute at 2.98, and she allows more per minute as well at 3.29, giving up almost 100 points per win. So the question here is, obviously, I'm picking Natalia Silva. Um, I'm not really picking Vivi to get a win, even at 6,700. Not sure. I'll, I'll play a little bit of her, just barely. Um, but I don't know how much of Silva I'm going to play either because she is so expensive this week. And there's some other fighters uh, at this high end that I'm thinking about playing instead. I mean, we've got, uh, I mean, Randy Brown's maybe, a, uh, probably not much better of a play. Uh, Gilbert Urbina, depending on what you think. Molly McCann, if you think she, this is a squash match. Temba Garimbo for the same reason. So there's a couple of interesting picks at 9K. Not really good name value by any means. I mean, those names kind of make me sad just to say out loud that I'm even targeting them. Uh, but Silva is a little bit too expensive uh, for my taste this week at 95. So I'll probably come in a bit below the field there. Um, but I do think she's going to win. I think she's a solid, solid cash play. Play a little bit of Vivi if you want in GPPs. But other than that, uh, I mean, I said this exact thing about Raquel Pennington last week, so it could come back to bite me. Hmm. Sorry, I have that feeling where I just, I'm like a gallon low of water. Um, next fight. Listen to me butcher these names. Alias Kebab. Alias Kebab. Wow, that was really bad. <clears throat> let's let's retake that. Cut. Ready? Speed? Action. Alias Kab Kizrayev. Not much better. Taking on Mahmoud Muradov. Uh, this is an interesting one. 8,800 for the Black Wolf Kizrayev. 7,400 for uh, the, what is it? The money team Mahmoud Muradov. 
Because Ryev has about 10 minutes of fight time in the past seven years, I think. His fight against what? Who is it? Tallulan took eight minutes, uh, seven minutes. And his other two fights were uh, few and far between before that. And both were finished in, I think, about a minute or so. So nine to 10 minutes of total fight time in the past seven years. Uh, it's been almost two years since he fought Tallulan. He scored almost five points a minute, 100. I mean, what are we doing here? I have no, I mean, what I'm a stat guy and I got nothing to work with. I have literally nothing to work with. If you think ring rust is a thing, you know, take that into account. If you think Mahmoud Muradov doesn't do well against grapplers, take that into account. Muradov 2.57 points per minute, averaging just 75 points per win in his last five. That can't be right. Didn't he score a million points against freaking Barbarena? Hold on. As I sort through, uh, Wait, what is happening? I must ha I must have put this fight in wrong. I must have put Barbarinas and, and Muradov stats in wrong because, uh, yeah, this is, wow, user error. We discovered it together. Um, I should probably write that down and fix that because that is a big mistake. Yeah, Barbarina or uh, Muradov scored like 148 points against, uh, against Barbarina there. Landing 13 takedowns. Yeah, I have uh, Barbarina landing 13 takedowns. Murdov landed 13 takedowns against him, controlled 35% of the fight, landed only 54 strikes, uh, but scored 150, some 148, whatever, uh, points in that win. So definitely don't count out Mahmoud Murdov, especially at 7,400. We don't know what Kizraev's going to look like. I probably favor Kizraev a little bit, but again, 10 minutes of fight time in the last seven years doesn't bode well for anybody. So... Your guess is as good as mine at this point. Uh, I hate to I hate to be that guy, but on this fight, don't count either either guy out. Uh, play some of both sides for GPPs. I'm not touching this one for cash. That's my advice. Play this in GPPs. Do not touch this fight in cash unless you really need a low uh, a punt play kind of not a punt play, but maybe a possible value play. You know, one step above punt at the low end there at 7400. Um, but yeah, don't, uh, overthink this one. Just get some of both sides in this fight. I can't believe I put that fight in wrong. I'm so at least, at least I found it. All right. Next fight. Gilbert Urbina taking on Chuck Buffalo, Charles Radke. Don't give him the mic, but, uh, might be a decent, you know, might be able to score some decent points against Urbina if he can get inside on him. Urbina, six foot three to five ten. Uh, Charles Radke has three inches of reach on him as well. Nine thousand dollars for Urbina, who is a minus one sixty five favorite. He's nine k, and he's a one sixty five favorite. Um, yeah, two fights in the UFC. They've been up and down for him. He lost to Brian Battle by sub in less than seven and a half minutes. Scored 36 points in that fight, so did okay uh, for a loss, and then smashed uh, Orion Kosuke in his last fight, who's not even in the UFC anymore. 125 points is what uh, Urbina scored in that one. Meanwhile, Chuck Buffalo, his only win was against Blood Diamond Mike Mateta, so not exactly what I would call strong competition, um, and he scored only 72 points in that fight. So we, we got a real roller coaster, real question mark type situation going on here. Um, the only question is, is Gilbert Urbina going to be worth it at 9K or is Charles Radke, Chuck Buffalo, a little bit tougher than maybe Orion Kosuke was and he's not going to get 125 points and a knockout uh, dropped on his head. That's kind of where I'm going here. 
Um, I don't necessarily think Chuck Buffalo wins the fight. 2.8 points per minute, 72, like I said, is what he scored. Very good defense, only gave up 1.63 points in that fight against, you know, again, against Blood Diamond. So we got Orion Kosuke for one guy and Blood Diamond for the other guy. This is terrible, awful competition. In fact, what is their UFC strength of schedule? It's bad. I mean, pretty bad. Uh, for Actually, Brian Battles helps Gilbert Urbina, but Radke, when the only guy on your UFC uh, wall is is uh blood diamond yeah not gonna have a good strength of schedule so again while i like i was saying while i don't think chuck uh charles bradkey necessarily wins the fight i probably like him for DraftKings gpps uh i'll have a little bit of urbina just because he is you know so much bigger uh the height wise i mean he did put a beating on koske as well but like i said again Chuck Buffalo, probably a little bit tougher than Orion Kosuke. He's probably not going to go out that easily. But just in case, again, probably another GPP fight here. Not playing these guys in cash. At least I would not be looking forward to rostering $9,000 or paying $9,000 for uh, one Gilbert Urbina. But uh, I guess when you beat a guy like Orion Kosuke and drop 125 on him, I guess you get a 9K price tag. So, uh, yeah, not really my cup of tea. I'd much rather be on the Chuck Buffalo side at 7,200 for GPPs. And uh, that's how I'll play this one. A little bit of Urbina, much more Buffalo. And uh, yeah, probably not touching that one in cash at all. Next fight, we've got a UFC title holder, Molly McCann taking on Diana Belbita. Mm. Most interesting stat for this fight is not a number. It's something Belbita said. She said she was basically done fighting in her head. She was done fighting, and then this fight offer came across her email or her desk or whatever, the proverbial desk, and she decided to take it. So she was basically retired, you know, the R word in uh, for, the, for UFC fans. We don't bet or play retiring fighters, even if they're fighting Molly McCann. If there's one thing you'd say about McCann, she has uh, energy for days. I'm not sure where she gets it, but she does, con she does uh, possess it. 4.25 points per minute in her last five, 104 and a half points per win on average for one Molly McCann. Uh, yeah, in her UFC career, it's almost 100, 99.72. Excuse me, also gives up 105 points per loss when she does lose. So very high ceiling, very low floor. Excuse me for uh, Molly McCann. Belbita, I mean, she definitely can have her moments, but again, like I'll read you the stats, three and a half points per minute in her career, three and a half points per minute at distance, 2.79 inside the distance. She allows over four points a minute and over five points a minute inside the distance, scoring less than 90 points per win. Um, she's never gotten a finish. Is that is that right? 30, 30 bonus points per win is what it says here, uh, which, of, of course, my numbers could be wrong, as we've already discovered, um, but that's what it says here. So. Again, I'm not putting much faith in fighters that are done fighting or th thinking about being done fighting. And then to get up on a dais and say that, I don't know why you would say that. Uh, maybe she's just trying to bring her line down, which is currently plus 205. Molly McCann minus 250. Don't put, don't put money on Molly McCann. Don't parlay Molly McCann. Just don't. Um, but for DraftKings, 9,300 to 6,900 for Belbita. I think she's worth a stab, uh, McCann, I mean, uh, for GPP tournaments. Because if Belbita is done, McCann McCann's road to victory is she can get a knockout. I mean, she is, uh, you know, one of the fewer 
women's flyweight fighters that does possess some power and has shown that she can get a finish um whether it's by hook or by crook she can get a finish in this in this division in fact uh, i believe she got back-to-back ones at one point um yes yeah, uh no she just got sub back-to-back uh yeah she she ko'd carolina and goldie that was the back-to-back spinning elbows 110 points against goldie 110 points against carolina so the path is there belbita does allow a ton of points as well and i am picking molly mccann 9300 it is what it is, but this week I think it's probably worth a stab for GPPs. Probably don't mind her in cash either, um, and I'm probably going to be fading Belbita not to the not to zero, but because McCann can shit the bed here. But uh, I'll play a little bit of Belbita in GPPs, just just a little bit, little bit. All right, we are about halfway through the card. Hit the like on this channel get over to dfsarmy.com and be sure to sign up for everything mma related guys even if you watch other sports to me i mean i only i'm like laser focused on ufc i don't even honestly i don't know who's in i know the chiefs are in the super bowl just because of course who doesn't know that i honestly don't know who they're playing i actually i think it's the 49ers but i'm not 100 percent sure on that so i'm just i block everything out i got blinders on but you you watch football you watch nba you're watching hockey. You're watching everything. And we've got pros, pros over at DFS Army that know who to play, how to play them, and when to play them. Get on over, get yourself a VIP package, and get winning today at DFSArmy.com. And uh, this is just one little part of what you get over at DFSArmy.com. We've also got the optimizer that you can take advantage of. We've got tons of articles by tons of different people. We've got uh, our fighter rankings, I believe. We uh, are doing that. Our, our coaches notes, everything. Our Discord, oh my goodness. We aren't always the smartest guys in the room, especially me, but some of our Discord uh, members definitely are. So you don't want to miss out on all that. Get over to DFSArmy.com and uh, start winning today next fight charles johnson taking on azat moxum this is an interesting fight at flyweight moxum uh looked okay all right he looked okay against i believe tyson nam yeah tyson nam i mean but the numbers say say no no sir 1.94 points per minute that's below the lewis line 59 points is what he scored in that win he gave up two and a half points a minute in that fight um against nam yeah, there is not much to say uh, about Maxim. He landed two takedowns in that fight, controlled Tyson Nam for just 2% of 15 minutes. Yikes. He also allowed 81 significant strikes. I mean, sheesh, 59 points, not a good look. It's no Johan Lanace, but still 59 points. Meanwhile, we've got Charles Johnson. Oh, I should say Maxim, 8,900. So last time he was six, uh, 9,600 and he scored 59 points. So now at least he's $700 cheaper, but still 8,900, uh, against a guy who, uh, you know, has several UFC fights. How many, where's my thing? I don't even know. I have no idea. Six UFC fights. He is two and three in his last five, dropping three in a row to Rafa, uh, Rafael Estevam, Cody Durden, Oda Osborne, also allowing, what is uh 17 takedowns in his last three fights guys 17 11 were to cody durden but three were to osborne before that and three were to estevam afterwards his only two wins uh in his last five are chagas chumagulov and jimmy freaking flick 
Um, so not a lot to talk, uh, not a lot of good things to talk about here for Charles Johnson. At least he's scoring more than two points a minute at 2.74. He's also allowing four points a minute. And this is just a shit show as far as stats go. I'm picking Azat Moxham because Charles Johnson couldn't uh, stop a takedown if its legs were broken. So uh, I'm taking Azat Moxham here. Even if he gets one, two takedowns, I think he'll get uh, more control time um on johnson than he did against nam i mean johnson's given up 62 and a half percent control time to estevam 63 percent to cody durden these are 15 minute fights he's just giving he's being controlled for over two rounds of the three uh in those last two fights and 20 percent to Ode osborne i mean come on moxham should be able to do some damage controlling wise there if you ask me hmm. so give me azat moxham I probably like him for cash. Johnson, I'll probably play a little bit in GPPs because who knows? Um, but yeah, I like Moxham here. If he loses to Charles Johnson, I'm definitely going to be fading him into the future. But yeah, give me Moxham for cash. Probably a little bit in GPPs as well. A um, little bit of Charles Johnson for big tournaments, I think. Here we go. Whoever thought I would be saying these words? A must-play fight between Temba Garimbo the guy The Rock gave a house to, and Pete Rodriguez, the guy that got slept in like three seconds by uh, Madalena. Okay, almost three minutes. And then beat Mike Jackson after that. Holy shit. Garimbo's only win is Takashi Sato, that bum. Shout out to Lou Betya. Um, yeah, this fight sucks and is probably a must play for GPPs. 9,200 for Temba Garimbo, 7K for Rodriguez. We know what each guy's going to do. Garimbo... If he starts getting takedowns on on Rodriguez, he's Rodriguez is probably getting subbed. This is probably over. Um, not too many questions there. If that doesn't happen, Pete Rodriguez hits hard as hell, and Garimbo can be hit. So Rodriguez could get the knockout, the early KO here. Seven K, I think, for Rodriguez. He's probably, you know, a minimum twenty percent ownership in your lineups this week for GPPs, in my opinion, uh, just for that big early knockout victory and that's how he's going to make the optimal lineup here uh meanwhile temba garimbo i can't believe i i'm saying this but i guess you have to play him at 9200 um as well just like pete rodriguez get at least 20 25 or more percent in there i'm lowballing here in the at these numbers but uh averaging over his last two i mean five points a minute it doesn't matter his fight was so short um actually it wasn't he went 15 with sato controlled him for 75 percent of the of the fight scored 113 but sato is terrible i mean so is pete rodriguez though but so is temba garimbo though so uh yeah gpp fight this is a super slot fest definitely play this fight for cash bro you're on your own if you're playing this in cash or if you're like parlaying this fight in any way shape or form you are 100 on your own uh unless you're thinking like the under but that has to be juice to the gills at this point i mean garimbo is a minus 300 favorite this is insanity we've reached uh you know peak insanity i don't know what else to say uh pete rodriguez scored 110 in his win allowed 117 in his loss uh, it's just a shit show, just a shit show. So play both sides. I'm personally picking Temba Garimbo. I will have him. I mean, I guess I don't mind him in a cash lineup. Pete Rodriguez, I don't know how you could play in your cash lineup. Uh, Garimbo, I don't mind. But to me, this fight screams GPP. 
And uh, I think the winner has potential to score score very well. I know I'm not saying anything that you guys don't already know about that one, but if you're like, maybe I could fade Rodriguez because he sucks or fade Garimbo because he's... No, you can't. You can't fade either one. Speaking of guys you can't fade, here's two guys that you maybe can fade, at least one. Uh, Jun Young Lee taking on Blake Builder. Listen, man, Lee... I've already invoked Johan Lanese's name once. He once won a fight against Gabe Green, scoring 39 DraftKings points. That's right, 39 in a 15-minute fight. Jun Young Lee scored 49 against uh, Yija and won the fight. Yija outscored him in that loss. He scored 52 points, did uh, Yija, while Jun Young Lee scored 49.7. I mean, 1.31 points a minute is beyond abysmal allowing 3.5 i don't know how i mean i gotta go back and rewatch this before saturday i don't know how how he lost this fight i have no idea or how he won this fight uh blake builder meanwhile i should say i keep forgetting to say the salary jen young lee 8300 blake builder 7900 builder hasn't been very impressive either i mean he beat shane young oh he looked impressive against shane young would you really say he looked impressive because then he followed that up with a loss to Kyle Nelson, guys. Kyle freaking Nelson, uh, in which he landed 45 strikes in three rounds. Three three strikes per minute. Very good. Uh, 85 points is what Builder scored against uh, the indomitable Shane Young. Uh, 62 is what he gave up against Kyle Nelson. So Kyle Nelson did get the win, but he only scored 62 points against Builder, which could be, a, you know, could speak volumes about builder's defense or it could say that kyle nelson's really not that good of a fighter so this to me is like not a good fight i'm probably fading this fight the only thing that's keeping me in it a little bit are the salaries at 8300 and 7900 plus the fact that jen young lee only has one ufc fight yes he only scored less than 50 points and got outscored by his opponent who who he beat um but yeah neither of these guys are screaming impressive uh things at me when i'm looking at their numbers so i don't know man i don't know i don't know plus 110 oh uh, okay it's flipped on topology plus 110 for builder minus 130 for lee i guess i'm favoring lee just ever so slightly but yeah i don't know i'm i i'm probably fading this fight this is a fade fight for me i'm gonna take my chances and and fade this fight now it's going to be the best scoring fight on the card so do with that information uh what you will speaking of best scoring fighter on the card julia gulia Stoliarenko taking on luana carolina um julia 8200 luana 8000 guys this is another one super easy what does julia do she gets you down submits you arm bar in the very first round and that's how she scores 100 and 110 120 points that is the only recipe that's the only way it's going to happen round one arm bar julia stoliarenko then she pays off her DraftKings salary and makes the optimal lineup she did it against molly mccann 99 points she did it against jessica rose clark 122 points if that doesn't happen she doesn't win and doesn't score well so you have to play stoliarenko in gpps for that reason don't even mind a little bit tiny bit in cash if you're feeling frisky, like I might be doing later, um, by later, I mean Saturday with my lineup that came out weird. Uh, but Luana Carolina, I mean, her last three wins, Pollyanna Botelio, Lupita Godinez, who was a very close fight, 
according to the stats, and Ivana Petrovich, um, who off the top of my head, I don't honestly re- even remember who that is, uh, to be quite honest. Where are my numbers here for Carolina? Oh, 75 points per win. That's all she scores. Meanwhile, Stoli Renko is at 111. When Carolina loses, she gives up 103 points on average, which is right about how many points uh, Julia Gooley is going to score with that round one armbar, baby, 103. Um, long story short, I like Julia here. I don't think you can overlook Carolina necessarily, even though she does not score well. Maybe you could play her in cash. I don't think she scores well enough for GPPs, although when Stoli Renko loses, she gives up on average 97 points, and at 8,000, a, ni- a score of 97 might be good enough on this card. So don't overlook either fighter. Just put an extra 5%, 10% of what you would normally put in um, but personally, I'm going a little heavier on Stoliarenko. I'm probably wrong. Uh, this is always backfires, although I did call the McCann fight. Um, I switched at the last second and picked Stoliarenko. So we'll see. I'm picking Stoliarenko here. Just don't, don't look past this fight again. Women's flyweight always scores well. Not always, but so a, a very surprising uh, number of occurrences on the optimal lineup since 2021, according to how often people generally roster them for the most part. Um, so very underutilized weight class, I will say, when it comes to DFS. Don't look past it. Just get a little bit of this fight in your lineup. I have a funny feeling, even if Carolina wins, uh, that she could score okay. So I think the winner scores okay here. Lowest salary um, or closest salaries on the card. Next fight. Hmm. Two fights left. Good, because I'm almost out of water, and I'm going to have to uh, get some more. We've got Markel Medeiros taking on Landon Quinones. Landon Quinones uh, just fought, was it Nazrat? Hold on, i got to pull this up. Yeah, Nazrat Hackbrast, Nazrat Hackbrast. Uh, round three decision in which he scored 61 points in his UFC debut. Yes, it was a loss. But 61 points is a damn good score to put up in that loss. He, uh, you know, 148 significant strikes landed on Hack Prast. Um, no takedowns in that fight. No control time. It was a complete stand-up fight for the most part. Meanwhile, Mark Markel Medeiros looked good against uh, Isa Isakov in Contender Series. Outstruck him three to one. Uh, beat him in four minutes. I believe it was yeah KOTKO, and he would have scored 110 points in that win. So we do love to see that. Uh, he did get out-controlled, though. In that four minutes, Isa Isakov controlled 40% of that four minutes. So that is a pretty good number there. Um, I don't have much to say about Medeiros. Again, I'm a stat guy. I don't have a lot of stats on him. Go back and, and watch his Dana White Contender Series fights. But just know, Landon Quinones is tough as hell. Because what did Nazrat come out and do right after this? I forget who it was. But Nazrat's never, like, never knocks anybody out. He's always a decision machine, whether he's winning or losing. He came out and finished a dude, I think, in under a minute in his last fight. I forget who it was off the top of my head. Um, but Quinones is tough. That's my point to saying all that. Quinones is tough as hell. Like I said, 61 points is what he put up in that 60 uh, or in that Nazrat hack press fight, in which he was 6,700. So he was extremely low underdog. And uh, he almost 10x his score. He didn't make the optimal lineup. However, 61 for 6,700. I'd be damn happy about that if I if I played him in cash. So uh, I've been babbling long enough about this fight. 
it's it could be a decent GPP fight. I'll probably be on both sides. I think I'm going to pick Landon Quinones, to be honest, at 7,700. And if I was a betting man, which I am, I would be looking at, at, at some lines for Quinones this week for sure. Uh, I just, he seems tough. That said, not counting out Maderos, but he is a Dana White contender series fighter. I don't know much about him. And he had a four minute fight, um, you know, three, four months ago. So definitely do your tape on that one. But I think I'm going to go with the underdog here uh, in Landon Quinones. One more fight, guys. And we will get you on out of here again. Thanks for watching. Uh, Sniper, hope you're going to be feeling better. Because, um, hey, I, I don't mind doing a solo show every now and then. You know, it's all right. But it is much more fun uh, when you have somebody you can talk fights with and not just babble on to yourself about it. But uh, that's beside the point. I am uh, still love doing it. Love the, uh, the kill shot uh, community that we have, the DFS Army community that we have. And I wouldn't have it any other way. We needed some content out this week. Had a week off last week. Can't go two weeks in a row. Thomas the Train Peterson taking on Jamal Pogues. Now, I have a theory on this fight. It's true detective season right now, uh, which means that you have to go back and watch season one because it's like the best, one of the best shows ever, one of the best seasons ever. But if that taught me anything, it's that time is a flat circle. And anything that we've done, we will continue to do again and again and again. And that includes betting on guys that have single-digit professional fights named Thomas the Train. We did it two weeks ago or three weeks ago with uh, Tom Nolan and Nicholas Mata. His nickname was The Train, Big Train, something train, Tom the Train, we're going to call him. And we bet on him, and Nicholas Mata shut that shit down immediately, shut it down. But time is a flat circle, guys. And here we are again just three short weeks later looking at a guy that has less than 10 professional fights named Thomas the Train, taking on a guy that everybody's counting out in Jamal Pogues, um, and I don't like it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting off this flat circle ride, and I'm putting my money on Jamal Pogues. I like Pogues here, 7,500. Sure, Peterson looked fantastic in his fight uh, against Chandler Cole, in which he subbed him in six minutes. He would have scored 110 points. Three takedowns controlled him for 75% of six minutes, which is pretty good. Um, 6.51 points. I mean, the guy did everything right. I'm, let's not get it twisted. Did everything right. But time is a flat circle, guys, and I'm going Jamal Pogues here. If he, stuffs, if he stuffs one or even two takedowns, this could be over. I'm not saying finish. I'm saying Peterson could gas. We don't know what this kid is going to look like. We have no idea. And I say kid, he's eight months older than Jamal Pogues, who has two UFC fights that have each gone to 50. So he has 30 minutes of UFC experience. Yeah, he lost to Mick Parkin in a dog shit fight. And yeah, he beat Josh Parisian in a dog shit fight. But that's still, those are UFC competition level guys at heavyweight. It is what it is. Peterson hasn't fought. Chandler Cole's not in the fucking UFC heavyweight division. Peterson hasn't fought anybody like that. Uh, so I'm interested to see what happens if Pogues is able to stuff a takedown or two um, and what Peterson looks like if he's getting a little gassed. Does Pogues take over? Does Pogues get a takedown of his own and just lay on top of this dude and accumulate all the points like that? Who knows? But I'm not going to fall trap to uh, the flat circle train trap. Did that make sense? I can't believe I even just said all that. Give me Jamal Pogues. I'm off the Peterson train. You guys can bet on Thomas the train, but at 8,700, 
that's a bit much for a debut fighter. It's actually not. I'm just trying to make my case. Uh, and 7,500 for Pogues, I think, could be decent. If he gets a decision win here, hey, score 80 points, pay off that salary. That would be fine with me. Uh, truth be told, I'll probably have a little bit of Peterson and GPPs, probably a little bit of Pogue too. Uh, but for cash, I'm sticking with Pogues, boy. I'm sticking with Pogues. Thomas the Train, get me off of this track. That's what I say. <laughs> all right guys uh that's it for me 40 minutes that's it that's as much of my own voice that i can that i can tolerate that is it uh 40 minutes so thank you so much uh for hanging out let me know what you think in the comments let me know why i'm an idiot on whatever i said because i'm again i'm just looking at stats for the most part here um you know i have a little bit of bias like with drew dober with roman delize fighters like that um but let me know what you thought in the comments let me know what you think is going to happen what's your favorite fight um and just say uh what's up to sniper tell him you hope he feels better and get over for the last time get over to dfsarmy.com sign up for those vip packages and start winning that money today guys thank you so much oh my kill shot i tricked you you didn't think i was gonna let you get out of here without giving you a kill shot man i kind of picked a meme one earlier let me just look let me just look since this is the kill shot podcast i should give you a kill shot has to be 7700 or below all right we're not we're not no drew dobers you know no no uh diana or no not diana bilbita whoever uh luana carolina none of those none of those like riding the line type fighters um we are going to go hold on i might just stick with the meme pick oh I'll give you two. All right. My meme pick, it's Jamal Pogues. Meme, meme pick. 7,500. It's just huge question marks about Thomas uh, Peterson. I almost said Thomas the train. Uh, but Thomas Peterson, huge question marks. So obviously Jamal Pogues is intriguing to me. And I might have to change this in the Discord because I gave Jamal Pogues in the Discord. Whatever. My second favorite or first favorite, I haven't decided yet, probably Charles Radke against Gilbert Urbina at 7,200. I don't, uh, I don't think I mind that. I don't think I mind that uh, either. But my main one, Jamal Pogues, I feel like I'm on an island with this pick, which makes me ever so happy. Um, second place, Charles Radke, if, if I give you a backup. To be honest, who would Sniper have picked? I uh, can't do the main event. I don't know what Sniper thinks about the Murdov fight. I'm not sure what he thinks about that. I have a feeling he would pick Radke. That's just a feeling, though. Would he pick Charles Johnson? I don't think so. Quinones. Quinones is a damn good pick as well. He might pick Quinones 7,700. I don't know. Put it in the comments. Maybe he'll respond. Get over there in the Discord. I know he'll respond over there. Uh, but, yeah, my official kill shot, I've said like three names, Jamal Pogues. That's my official kill shot, and I've bantered long enough. We're at almost 43 minutes now. That's three minutes after I said I was annoying myself. So, guys, thank you so much for checking out the DFS Army Killshot podcast. Uh, best of luck this week with your bets. UFC Vegas 85. Best of luck with your DraftKings picks. And we'll see you in the Discord, hopefully. But we'll for sure see you next week because I think we've got 11 fight cards in a row. So, as usual, I want all of you to enjoy the fight. So, enjoy. And we will see you in the next one.